Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 251. Today is Sunday, the 8th of October, 2017. And this interview is with Alex Tonnelly, who's a serial Silicon Valley entrepreneur, having been, among other ventures, co-founder of Funding Circle USA, the immensely successful peer-to-peer lending network. He's now founder and CEO of Vocate, an online career center that looks to help college kids get jobs, filling a void in most universities. Alex is a man on a mission with a strong passion and defined purpose. In this podcast, we discuss the challenges of building a purpose-led business, how to raise money effectively, and some great insights in marketing. Welcome to the Minter Dialogue Internet Show, where we discuss brand marketing with a focus on all things digital. I am Minter Dial, author of TheMindset.com, that's T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where branding gets personal. You'll find the show notes on the blog for the upcoming interview. Let's cut to the quick. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, piped in from San Francisco, California, Alex Tonelli. So, you and I were just chatting to refresh my old brain how we met. So we have a, a high school connection. And, uh, and funnily enough, the way we met is relevant to your current mission. So in your own words, why don't you explain who you are and uh, what's your mindset these days? Sure. Um, Minter, thanks for having me. Um, uh, briefly, I, I guess you'd have to call me a serial entrepreneur at this point. I'm building my third company. Uh, I started uh, my career as an investor uh, and then decided I was tired of the flat cars and uh, first-class seats and decided to start building companies. And uh, uh, the first business was a a fitness center uh, company um, that did well and we sold. The second business is a a more well-known called Funding Circle, um, where uh, particularly your listeners in in Europe uh, will, will know it, though I was one of the U.S. founders. Uh, Funding Circle is the largest global marketplace for small business loans, and uh, uh, I left the business a couple years ago, and I'm now building uh, my third company, which is called Vocate. Vocate is uh, the online replacement for university career centers. Uh, You referenced that I met you when I was uh, lost in the wilderness looking for my first job, which is now uh, what I'm professionally engaged in doing. Uh, You asked about my mindset. Uh, you know, we were chatting a little bit earlier about mission orientation. Mm. And so the only way that I can answer a question about mindset is around mission. And um, I'm, I, I'm a Jim Collins nerd. And, and so we give three books out to all of our employees. And, and one of them is Jim Collins is Built to Last. And uh, I realize Built to Last is written about companies, but uh, I've uh, applied that to my own life. And so uh, my mission is to be a force for greater good. And my core values are people, passion, progress, and partnership. And so, um, uh, you know, in everything I do, uh, those things play out. I think the progress and passion parts of it are, are the things that make me an entrepreneur and, and, and make me see the world as uh, great but flawed and, and that the flaws bug me. So I walk around seeing door handles that are push handles instead of pull handles, and I get confused as to why I get annoyed when people write uh, Pacific, da- uh, Pacific Standard Time instead of Pacific Daylight Time, and I say these things should be done better. And um, uh, and then so but we have to pick and choose and so uh, I've picked uh, these problems to solve uh, and so that's my mindset. That's beautiful. So um, when you're hiring people to work uh, in your company, um, assuming it's specifically lo- around Vocate, how do you evaluate? the fit with regard to your mission? I mean, is it something like they need to buy in and drink that Kool-Aid? Uh, or does it not 
or does it yes. transpire otherwise? How do you how I do you evaluate that? that? Yeah, I love that question because uh, we like to say we want missionaries, not mercenaries. Uh, not that we don't want to make a lot of money. We, we're trying to make lots of money, um, and we're not bashful about that. Uh, however, um, <laughs> one thing that we've just done. So one of the, the one of the other books that we give everyone is called Shackleton's Way, uh, and. Um, if, if you Google Shackleton advertisement um, images, uh, uh, you know, kind of images of his advertisement for employees come up. And uh, since we're talking about it and I have it on my desk, I will read it. And it says, come on, oops, um, why is it not pulling up? Oh, no, I can't. There we go. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger. Safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in the event of success, Ernest Shackleton for Burlington Street. Um, that was his advertisement that convinced people to go with him to the South Pole. And so um, we are now just including that on all of our job descriptions um, for, uh, for new candidates. And that's a way of saying that um, in order to build uh, an entrepreneurial venture, um, you've got to do it for the pursuit itself in a lot of ways, and so you have to be uh, mission aligned and oriented. Otherwise, you're going to you're, you're you're not going to be happy because I wake up and I fail a hundred times a day. And so the process, if you're failing a hundred times a day, I refer to what makes you beat your alarm clock in the morning. Uh, and if you don't really care about what you're doing, uh, it's really hard to wake up, fail a hundred times a day, and and um, uh, and so right. you know I kind of tell that story. Another recruiting tactic I use is I say, this job will give you night terrors. Uh, and if you don't want the night terrors, you're not the right person. And if, you're, um, and if you don't get the night terrors, you're, you're, you're not the right person. So, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah, those are, those are some ways that we kind of look for mission alignment. And what's interesting about, uh, so your passage into this role at Vocate is that you went through the investment arm. And we were talking a little bit about this before, and I think it's, it's so important is what is the place of mission in raising money? Because let's say that the reputation of VCs and private equity and Wall Street in general is is hardly fuddy-duddy, uh, you know, warm and cuddly. And mission tends to be discarded as a, you know, nice to have, but generally not speaking, you know, it's not money in the bank. Mm -hmm. how, do you, yeah. how do you answer that or address that? Yeah. So uh, I've been largely so I, I've I've raised um, you know if you count all types of funding you know billions of dollars um, you know through the capital markets um, and it, you know the I, I have yet to raise a dime from uh, uh, impact capital so uh, and not not for lack of trying <laughs> so the people interestingly who you know who say so I'm, I'm deeply skeptical of. The capital provide not, not that I don't think it's a good thing. I think we need more people who are investing with the mindset that impact and mission matters, um, because I think it is one of the things that determines success. And, and Collins would, you know, has a very interesting book that says that. Uh, that um, that said, those who put it as kind of one of the metrics that they use and evaluate have not evaluated our deep mission orientation to be, um, you know, uh, oriented enough. And so. Um, Sadly, in, in, you know, I've only found that the, the, that the profit drivers have been the motive for success. However, uh, that speaks a lot to my philosophy that I believe the world's largest problems have the world's greatest solutions. And so uh, if, if a problem weren't big enough to actually build a solution to solve, it's not worth going out and solving. So building something that is worthy of greedy 
you know, greed uh, of people coming into it and seeing it and, and uh, is, you know, is the way to solve that problem, in my view. So uh, now, you know, first with Funding Circle, now with Vocate, uh, we, we're tackling large social issues and saying we're going we're gonna to harness the forces of capitalism behind this by building a model that stands on its own. So it's for that reason that in the early days of Funding Circle's U.S. business, we eschewed kind of government interaction because we didn't want to have a model that needed outside support in order to succeed. Um, so, uh, you know, it, I guess I'd say sadly, you know, we always talk about our mission uh, and uh, we were, you and I were talking about the fact that we have two sides in our deck about mission and sometimes we take one of them out um, when, uh, uh, when we don't know that it will resonate. But, um, you know, I can't, it's so inter intertwined with what we do. And that's kind of the key is having, having your mission and values, not just words on the wall, it's having them intertwine in what you do. So to the point where it is not possible for me to talk about Vocate or Funding Circle for that matter, uh, without talking about the mission. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's why, you know, that, that's part of, you know, Collins's belief of not only having mission and values, but intertwining them in your practices. And so that, that's the approach we've taken. And at some level, as, as we were saying before, this is not just a professional thing, it's a personal thing. And so it ends up presumably bleeding into your personal private life, conversations at family dinner tables, because it is personal and that's what life's about. Yes, correct. Um, it becomes difficult because all I, you know, I've right. aligned what I want to do with what I care about. So if you're at the dinner table only talking about your business, you're not often the most popular person at right. the party. Yeah. So. This is the challenge. All right, I want to just talk about the Funding Circle because, of course, it's a hugely successful uh, venture. I've, I've been to the offices. I've followed um, a little bit of what they've done. But one of the things that intrigues me is that it's, a, it's kind of not a first generation, but it's, a, it's an established success. And and what I look at when, you know, problems that Google and Facebook have is how they move from being, you know, a startup, big, big success, unicorn, and so on, into a, the phase of maturity. So could you give us an insight as to how that's happening? And, and is, is, is it still easy to uh, be agile and, and be, have an entrepreneurial spirit within? And how do they keep that going, if, if that's the case? Or how do you keep it stimulated, really, when, when it's turning back into the sort of processes and bureaucracies that happen inevitably with size? Sure. Um, happy to talk about it. I should disclose that I'm, I'm no longer uh, an employee at Funding Circle. Uh, uh, I'm a co-founder and uh, a meaningful shareholder, but um, my, my views do not speak for Funding Circles anymore. Uh, with that said, uh, I would argue that Funding Circle is getting the benefits of being mature, uh, where you're not sort of uh, capital restrained, where you need to be fighting to keep the lights on and keep lean and do things in ways that um, you know, are not scalable. Uh, and, and Funding Circle has been doubling year over year. Um, you know, that's available in public filings of you know, how fast Funding Circle is growing. And so uh, this gets back to my point of the world's biggest problems have the world's biggest solutions. Uh, you know, banks do not lend effectively to small businesses. Small businesses are the backbone of certainly the U.S. economy. I'm not as familiar with the U.K., but uh, I, I, from what I do know and, and in talking with my partners there, uh, it, it also similarly are, are important. And so, uh, and, and banks don't lend to them and, and weren't doing their jobs. And that, to me, was a major socioeconomic issue, uh, not to mention all the, the wealth uh, redistribution and, and opportunity creation for people on the middle and lower ends of the, the ladder. And so uh, building a, 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 a way to lend money to those people 
is one of the world's you know is one of the world's biggest solutions and therefore you've got a very good company however when you look at small business lending it's the the formal market is 250 billion dollars annually in the US um, and so you know funding circle lends single digit billions of dollars a year and so uh, the, you know now you're seeing the, the 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 room and we think we can expand that formal market because the informal market we think is much bigger so um, the reason that you know companies like you mentioned like Google took off once they reached scale is because their market was so giant that once they reached the point of, of being able to uh, invest in those gains um, that they were able to really take advantage of that market and I believe funding circle is just kind of hitting the tip of the iceberg. The, the, at a certain level there's, there must be some sort of ratio within that in terms of obviously there's the the size of the overall market they're, they're going after and if you're if mm-hmm. even if you're big the entire market's so much bigger you can really take share. I suppose in the end of the day, it's it's really not about taking share, but growing the market as well. And yet, mm-hmm. at some level, you know, year after year, you've got to keep on driving the sales, and that typically means investing in things that are hiring people. And that ratio, which is including your working capital, but also the percentage of employees that you have, and so on, to drive the business forward, will mm-hmm. hit you. And so, how do, how does one avoid that happening? I don't know when it's going to happen for Funding Circle. But it does seem to, you know, clog down when you've just got so many people to take care of, so many more people to hire and, um, and you know, make decisions. And at one point, you're in all 260 countries in the world. So where do you yeah. get the growth and so on and so forth? So what, how do you think about that? You know, I, I, I should call out that I am, I am not the most, uh, uh, the best person from within the funding circle where we talk about that, having left the business a couple of years ago. Sure. So um, when, when I left, uh, and and my view on it uh, today is that you know we haven't hit that point where yeah. um, you know increasing the number you know that speaks to giant markets. So we still have this giant market where adding employees allows us to grow into um, you know in, into our potential. Hmm. So um, you know I, in the viewpoint of we haven't reached maturity, I don't know. My guess at that, um, and and I hope someday to be in a position where I am running into that problem uh, where we have hit uh, maturity in a giant market. Uh, my belief is, you know, going back to Jim Collins, is that if you have a strong mission and core values that are bringing in great people who are missionaries, not mercenaries, to what you're doing, um, those people will make the decisions. Build, building the clock rather than telling people time um, is, uh, you know, is what allows mature organizations to succeed. So um, I've never done it, and uh, but you know, Jim Collins points to a lot of companies that have and have done it well. All right, let's talk about Vocate. So Vocate uh, is essentially this platform that helps kids find their first jobs. I understand it, as I understand it. What what happened? Where, where you know what fritos are you eating with whom? What was the genesis of this this uh, project? Sure. Um, well, it's a deeply personal story, and it's always an overshare, but it is who we are. So I, I find myself telling it quite frequently. Um, uh, so I'm an orphan, and uh, actually. Uh, at one point in time, I was uh, between homes. Uh, you know, homeless feels like an overstatement, but, but you know, kind of, uh, but you know, uh, between homes. And so uh, I was, uh, and then somebody pulled me aside and said, uh, Alex, you need to apply to these elite boarding schools. I promise you'll get in, you'll get a scholarship, and it will change your life. And uh, I did, and uh, that, those things happened. And what I took away from that was, that the, the highways in life aren't broken, um, the on-ramps to those highways uh, aren't, are either broken or, or aren't there or there aren't people to point them out to you. Uh, and so increasing, you know, for most of uh, the world, uh, they don't have, pe- you know, 
you know, people at the top end of the spectrum have people pointing them to the on-ramps all over the place, and uh, eventually they take one of the on-ramps, they end up on an, on an okay highway. Maybe not the right highway, but a, a pretty good highway. Um, for people, you, you know, in my position, you maybe get one or two people pointing you at on-ramps, and if you're smart enough to take one, you get on whatever highway you can. And so um, I thought back to that and said, how do we use technology to scale that five-minute life-changing conversation that some people get to have so that everybody can have it? And we chose people entering their first job because we thought it was a time when uh, the guidance system breaks down is especially, and you know, mm. young people are especially lost, uh, and there's a logical payer on the other side of employers who are trying to access these people. So, um, you know, we, we see universities as especially broken because uh, increasingly, and I'll speak to the U.S. problem, though I know it is a problem uh, elsewhere, uh, people are chasing the American dream of go to college and get a better life and taking out large amounts of student debt to do it uh, and ending up worse for the wear on the other side. Uh, and, and schools are irretrievably flawed in the sense that they don't, you know, these career centers have grown like tumors out of them because, you know, universities were at first religious institutions and then now they're academic institutions. They are not vocational training centers. No, no. And so um, what we're trying to build with Vocate is the concept of the online career center where we have all the things you would want. So students come to us and they go through pathways of self-discovery, career discovery, skill development, and then as they improve their scores on our platform, uh, they unlock employer opportunities and the employers pay us for access. So in, in a kind of platform like this, I can imagine that you have at least two important customer groups. You've got the companies who want to hire and you have the kids who want to be hired. Which is the harder to get on board? Oftentimes in these situations, it's, uh, you know, the egg and the chicken. Well, yep. why am I going to go there? There are only three jobs available. Why am I yep. going to bother putting my post there if there are only six kids available? A thousand percent, uh, it's the employer. And this speaks to the, you know, harnessing the, you know, so we're a mission-driven company around solving the student problem. But what we need to do is harness the forces of the capital market, of, 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 of capitalism, and, and, and that means getting the employers on board. So we only onboard students to a ratio that hits equilibrium with the employer demand. So we think of students as supply and employers as demand. And um, that's, you know, a lot of people who have looked at this problem have said, you know, why, you know, oh, this is a problem for students. Let's go get a million students on the platform. That creates a dead marketplace. It was exactly. similar with, um, with Funding Circle where, uh, I have deep passion around the small business problem because I, my first business was a small business and we couldn't get a loan to save, uh, save our lives. And, and so, uh, but in order to solve that, we had to go out and get capital providers on the marketplace. Uh, and it's not, you know, so uh, harnessing the force of capitalism in Vocate's world means getting employers and building a product that employers want to both use and pay for. Um, and then we can build out the student experience on top of that. All right, so what is going to help get more companies on board? Uh, you know, we think the value prop resonates a lot. And so uh, for us, we have an extremely high rate of success when we are talking to the right people. Um, and, uh, you know, for us, it's just more about reaching more of them. And, you know, we're reaching that point where that's why we're going to raise more money and build the business is to, uh, to do that. Um, you know, small companies don't have big marketing budgets and, yeah. you know, we've done no employer side marketing. So right now it's just a sales force that's reaching out and telling people about what we do. Um, but I think you're finding that companies want to reach young people 
uh, and they have a problem, uh, it's actually three to four times more expensive uh, for a company to hire a young person, uh, and then they have an attrition rate that is um, typically uh, you know, several times higher than, than the attrition rate for an experienced hire. So um, companies have a really hard time doing it, and they're receptive to ways to do it better. All right, and let's look at the value proposition. And, and uh, so how does Vocate provide and create that value, therefore? What's, what are the things you have on your platform? Uh, to the employer, uh, the, the value prop to the employer is you spend most of your time with uh, low-level tasks, uh, the sheer volume of going on Indeed or Monster and getting uh, you know, thousands of resumes and screening those and then calling those people and talking to them and coordinating, that is all low-value tasks that takes up two-thirds of your time in a hiring process. Vocate allows you to focus on the, the, the high-value tasks, and we uh, uh, produce you your pipeline of interview candidates. Uh, and you know, we do studies about how effective our you know, we judge ourselves on passing a first round interview. How many of our candidates uh, pass a first round interview? Um, uh, our basic product does it five times better than Indeed uh, and 11 times better than LinkedIn or uh, ZipRecruiter. Um, the, uh, the premium product does it four times better than that. So, um, you know, that's, that's the selling point to, to both products. All right, so without, of course, describing the secret sauce, what are the technologies that are you are using and what are the key factors for that success? In other words, data, AI, what are... Yeah, so we have a, a machine learning driven algorithms that uh, connect you know, who, which employers get unlocked as people work through the pathways. But um, I, I'm, uh, you know, I hear a lot of, oh, we're using AI and machine learning to build uh, this magical product that works uh, entirely on day one of our four person startup. And uh, I think it's important to say there is no magical xylophone that you can play and apply to the world's most complex problems. Uh, it takes time to build that. And in the case, you know, parallel to funding circle, we didn't have on day one the most innovative credit algorithm that allowed us to underwrite better than everybody else. Uh, now you could argue that funding circle does have truly innovative credit because it was built over time. Uh, in Vocate's case, our algorithms are getting better and better and more efficient over time. Uh, we think we have a product innovation, which is that we're guiding people along these paths. And rather than people posting and praying uh, with job applications, we don't let people see every job on our platform. We only let you see that job if you've earned it. And so uh, the product experience of uh, having people uh, choose which pathways they want to explore, do work and earn their way into job opportunities. Um, you know, yes, there's ML about which job opportunities that they can that they can opt into, but uh, we're also harnessing the kind of informal hand of choice there, and giving and, and basically giving people the 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 root uh, the root map, if you will, of where those on ramps are and which highways they want to take. All right, so this speaks to those five minutes of advice that you you know mm -hmm. you were mentioning before. What is is there a role of the human in that? I mean, obviously the student is the, the human cog. Yeah. But to what extent does Vocate provide a human component to the advice that five minutes yeah. of getting on the on-ramp? So, so just like uh, in Funding Circle, where my, you know, in, I keep tying into Funding Circle because we're applying the same principle of how to build it. Uh, in Funding Circle's U.S. business, I, um, I approved every single loan for the first, you know, I can't even, I, I dare to say how long it was that I was kind of looking at every single no loan. No wonder you had no uh, sleepless nights. Yeah, so the... Um, uh, and we've taken a similar approach at Vocate, where uh, at first we had 
we literally had no product. We didn't even have a website when we first launched. We, you know, we, we basically just went out there and started doing this, and then we built the product on top of that experience and learned, uh, you know, sort of do unscalable things and then automate them. Uh, so uh, today, our premium product has a very light human touch um, as part of it, and so that's what takes us from, you know, today about 25 uh, in our basic product, which is entirely computer driven. Uh, the uh, 25 out of 100 candidates uh, will pass a first round interview that we give to an employer. Uh, on uh, you know on on premium, it's about 80 to 90 of those candidates that we give an employer will pass their first round interview. And the difference there is the human involvement. Uh, and so you know we're not um, we're trying to find what the equilibrium point is for human involvement where we can get high leverage use out of humans. Though our goal is to automate that human experience out, but we may never do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, even in funding circle today, there is a there is a light human touch in the process, and mm-hmm. so uh, finding where that equilibrium point is uh, is kind of the goal of kind of ever iterating progress. It's a fascinating area for me. Is this notion of how much human plus machine uh, machine is the right formula? When you go, you said mentioned before, when we find the right people, then we can sell it in at a high hit rate. Could you speak to who are the right people, and two, to what extent is a cultural fit necessary for the success of Vocate? So, uh, fit. Uh, we have uh, four inviolate traits that we test on a scorecard for every employee, and fit is one of them. <laughs> so, um, you know, they're fit, by definition. Um, uh, that's one of the things that we that we test for. It's tricky because fit can also be skewed or um, can be skewed to being uh, can be used for can, can create a non-diverse workplace as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a that's a challenge, uh, especially in an early company where you only have a certain number of employees. How do you bring a diversity of perspective and experience um, while making sure that there is enough cohesion? Uh, of uh, of uh, viewpoints, so that you have that kind of killer team dynamic that that forms, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really challenging. And the answer is that you it's not an or problem; it's an and problem. Uh, and and so that's an and solution that we that we focus on and we, we we pay attention to. We do things like put out the Shackleton ad, um, you know, to you know as, as screening things. And there's a lot of self selection involved, especially at the early stage of business building. Um, you know, if you really want to be at Vocate. You can be advocate if you cared enough that you know this was the problem that you wanted to solve, and mm-hmm. so that's a, you know a lot of our interview process is about self-selecting into those night terrors uh, mm-hmm. if this is what you want to be having night terrors about. Hmm. And uh, as far as the utilization of the program, because I, oftentimes I see technology as a solution coming into the company, even if the technology is great, the attitude or the mindset of the people using it to go through the churn of the applications and so on um i'll take a specific example of something that bugs me along the lines of you know the pull push uh, door the number of times people apply with a cv make the effort write a a letter of motivation and get zero reply mm-hmm. it, it goes into these black boxes and i, yeah. I feel it's so disdainful uh, to even if you're a big company with a beautiful brand name, not to say thanks for your application, we appreciate it. Hopefully, you'll consider us positively all the same and uh, have a good day. Yeah, it's a it's uh, that's you know if you think about evolutions of job boards, um, you know the Indeed Monster uh, Craigslist type job board, uh, 
is what we think of as the old version where you have this post and pray phenomenon. Um, in Vocate, you know, as I mentioned, we don't let you apply to every job. You know, we're trying to solve that for both the user who mm. is only kind of focused on, you know, kind of a small number of things that we've identified as really good fits for them. And so hopefully they can spend more time preparing uh, and, you know, we give them the tools to prepare and we want people kind of more deliberate about what they're doing and not just kind of falling in what happens for the student or the young person or, or any job seeker is that they end up talking to whoever will talk to them. Uh, and that's not a really good way to go about finding your passions and aligning them and finding meaning in life and and then doing well at, at, at your job. Uh, the employer um, also has a problem, which is you're spending all that time on those low-value tasks. So in defense of those employers, it's really hard. You know, you, you know, the sheer volume of applications that you're getting is gigantic, right? And that's what we're trying to solve for them mm. is – you know, you're doing this sort of random process where you're getting at the end somebody who was just happy to have you talk to them, and that person churns out in nine months because they uh, found a better person that will talk to them. Uh, we want more deliberateness in in that process. Um, you know, in my own world, uh, because uh, we use a number of platforms for hiring not at the entry level or at the zero to two level, which is where Vocate plays. Um, I think that they're a good platform. Like AngelList, for example, is a good platform in my mind, and we use it a lot. Um, I've just declared bankruptcy on AngelList, and you know, I try to reply to people. It, it's uh, it you know, it's gotten to the point where I'm I you know I can't get there right now because the the sheer volume is so great that you just can't do it for everybody, and so that's become a business norm. Um, I hope to kind of get some amnesty and then start doing it again. Uh, but the uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a challenge in the job market, and we think speaks to the opportunity of okay. I want to go one one last area of discussion, um, which is about the general generate generation Z, or at least let's say the eighteen twenty five zone. This type of person you are helping to get into the job market. Do you fundamentally believe they are different from the past, and what do companies need to be doing? to retain these individuals and, and motivate them? And I mean, do they need to have billiard tables and, and free bicycles and uh, excess of supply of chocolate and coffee? Do they need to have a purpose? Do they need or want to have open spaces? What are the kinds of things you're seeing in, from your perspective? I'd be interested. Yeah, it's funny. I just read an article that was proposing this, uh, something called the Generation Zennial. Uh, because uh, for, for people my age, because, uh, you know, I grew up with a rotary phone, right? And, you know, uh, and, and the internet came to us kind of late. Uh, and, and yet, you know, we, we, you know, social media happened while I was in college. And so uh, the, uh, so in some ways, I feel like I, I, I understand millennials. In some ways, I completely don't and understand the bosses, which maybe puts me in a good position. Uh, though I should mention, I'm not an expert on this, right? So what, sure. what, I, am, what I am seeing is uh, there is a disconnect between um, uh, what companies, you know, how companies and, and people at those companies went through their own job process and, mm -hmm. and process of self-discovery and how millennials are doing it. And so, uh, you know, the, the number of jobs that a millennial will hold is, you know, astronomically higher than the number of jobs that their that their, um, parents, uh, parents before them did. And so, one, that creates an interesting dichotomy between parents are not equipped to give good advice. So totally. when we talk about the career system breaking down, that's yep. an interesting phenomenon yep. we're seeing. Um, companies, uh, I think, have a mentality that people should want to work for them and that they're, they have the brass ring that they can hand out to you. And, mm -hmm. and, and millennials are not seeing it that way at all. Right. They're seeing it as, what can you do for me? Mm -hmm. Which is uh, a, a real challenge. Uh, and one of the things that we coach on our platform is, 
to, to the, the job seeker is when you, you know, your life to this point has been a service industry to serve you. Schools exist to serve you. Uh, when you get to the corporate world, it is not that way. You exist to serve them. And that's a real hard mental model. So a common interview answer that, that a millennial will give is, <laughs> using that term, but uh, a common answer that a job seeker in our world will give is, uh, I want to work here because I will learn so much <laughs> rather than I will give you, uh, you know, I will give you something. Yeah. And so we're trying to, we're trying to break that. Um, but you know, as to you know, the things companies can do to appeal, uh, I think that job seekers in this, young job seekers in this economy, uh, want to have mission orientation and purpose, right? I think that's, um, you know, we used to kind of, uh, uh, work, uh, you know, work the land all day long in order to live. And then we worked in order to create excess, right? And now as a, as a culture, I think we work to create meaning and value. And so mm. I think people want that. I also think that people want to have uh, genuine, uh, development, right? That learning concept of, you know, can somebody grow as a person with inside, inside your company, uh, I think are the two things, um, that matter most. The, uh, you know, the caviar machine at your office, uh, is a phenomenon that, um, you know, uh, unfortunately is, is there. Um, and I think it depends on what kind of culture you're trying to build. Uh, I think there are some positive cultures that can have that as a component of what they do. Mm. Uh, it's not something that, you know, we embrace, um, you know, we're looking for people who are intrinsically motivated and, um, and so we don't provide caviar at, at, at Vocate. Um, but, it, it, uh, it reminds yeah, me, it reminds me of hotels you go to for conferences and they tell you, listen, come to our hotel. We have swimming pools and six swimming, six, tennis rackets, eight courts. And of course you go there, you, you arrive, you go to breakfast, you go into the meeting and you leave at six and you never even see the daylight. You don't even see outside on the beautiful lawn, much less the swimming pool, or the tennis courts. And and these sort of you know they they attract you initially, but you never get to use them, or certainly not enough. Alex, yeah. um, beautiful, love the conversation. I love the mission you're on. It sounds great. Um, is Vocate um, exploring the rest of the world? Just give us an idea on the opportunities for people who around the world who are listening. Uh, long term, uh, potentially, uh, you know, users can uh, students and young people can apply uh, to Vocate. Um, and, and, and get access to U.S. companies, uh, though we're not today focused on uh, the rest of the world. Um, that said, we, we, we see it as an expansion, uh, a logical expansion. That's when you become that, um, the, the big problem we were talking about at the very beginning of our conversation. Alex, what's the best way for people to track you down, follow you, find out more about Vocate? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn, I'm a pretty active user on, so uh, you can kind of follow me there. And, um, you know, with regards to Vocate, uh, Vocate has all, all social media presences. We're always looking for blog posts. So if people feel passionately about this subject, uh, you know, we would love to include you on our blog and I'd encourage people to read, you know, the things that we're putting out. And, uh, if something resonates, uh, you know, kind of let us know. And how do they contact you if I have a blog post? Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best, uh, uh, best way. I think there's a, there, I think there is a contact I don't know what the address is. Actually, right. I think it might be contact at vocate.me. Yeah. Um, the address, the website address is vocate.me, and there's kind of, you know, a direction there for how to get in touch. Beautiful, Alex. Thanks for have a wonderful day. Hope to see you soon. Thanks, Minder. I really appreciate you having me. Take care. Bye. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com. That's mindset with a Y, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter at forward slash subscribe. If you like the show, please do rate it in iTunes. That really makes my day. Happy trails and enjoy Josh Sachs's Painted Fingers. Oh, fill me 
Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. 
I'll also be sharing Business Bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.